Chiefs are making some changes. They get ready for the preseason finale against those Browns. We're going to get the inside scoop from Matt Derrick today on Locked on Chiefs. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked on Chiefs podcast. Welcome back, Chiefs fans. We appreciate you making us your first listen. Check out another Lockdown show for your next listen because you never know what you're going to find there. We talk a little bit of trash from time to time on the other teams in the AFC West. You're going to see that as a special here soon. But we have a lot for you. We're brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs, and that's the way that you can get the candidates you want faster and for free. So post your job for free right now at linkedin.com slash NFL, and you can get your post absolutely free. Terms and conditions do apply we got to talk about what the expectations are because there's a couple of changes. There's a couple of things we want to see against the Browns. There's a couple of things we actually will see about the Browns. But our man on the ground, Matt Derrick, is in the facility and can give us the inside scoop. We're going to get to that very shortly. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and Performance Consulting, NFL33.com, and RGRfootball.com. Thanks for making us your first listen. And get on that text list if you want. It's 816-357-8781. I can put that on the screen for you. There you go. For those of you that are watching live, we appreciate you. Make sure you like, sub, and hit the bell. Get on the audio platforms, too, because uh, I'm better to be heard than seen, I think, most days, Matt. Um, Seeing is the hard part right now because you have to squint through, like, all the uh, mirages, given the heat that's out there in the practice facility. Yeah, the last couple of days, uh, it's been pretty dicey. I mean, at least Andy Reid has moved up practice uh, this week to the morning, so it's been a little bit cooler. But um, try to take the guys inside on Monday, even with the moved up practice time. They moved up twice. You know, first it was going to be 3.20 in the afternoon, uh, and then it moved up to 11.15, and finally 10.45 was the earliest they could go. Um, but that was indoors in the unconditioned facility where, uh, I mean, I know that the heat index at the time was like up close to 110. Um, and it wasn't that much better inside. It was pretty darn close to that same temperature. I mean, I was absolutely drenched and I was just standing in the balcony watching. I wasn't actually doing anything. Uh, so it has been a hot, steamy week in pra- for practice this week. Well, honestly, that kind of preps them for what is the next few weeks. You're not going to have hopefully that kind of heat when you're playing an actual ball game, but you're going to have some heat. This is that that kind of transitional time, right? When you, you expect the heat of July, but you don't always get it. We'll see what happens there. Sometimes you have to change things up. They had to change some things up this week on the depth chart as well. And that's kind of where I come in asking a couple of questions. And it's one thing to have it listed out um, by the unofficial PR type depth chart versus what we're actually going to see. So that's where I want to start. There's a lot of hubbub right now uh, about the changeup at backup quarterback. Given what we've talked about in the past, and and we expect uh, the 53 to have three quarterbacks on it, is this something that amounts to significant change in in the way we see the season progressing? Or is this something that is specific to evaluation here in the preseason? Yeah, I think it's specific to evaluation here in the preseason. I mean, um, one thing is that by by watching what we saw at training camp, there was no indication whatsoever that there was anything close to a quarterback change as far as the depth chart goes. Um, you know, Blaine Gabbert was getting all of the work as the number two quarterback. Shane Bouchel was getting all the work as the number three quarterback, and Chris Oladokun was all number four. I mean, that was just the pecking order. Um, what we saw on Saturday develop was curious because uh, Blaine Gabbert wasn't supposed to play Saturday against the Arizona Cardinals. It was ah. just going to be very similar to last year's preseason where they were going to go from Mahomes to Shane Bouchel. It was only after Bouchel had 
really good couple of drives that then Gabbert came in and, and played a little bit too. Wasn't originally going to. Um, you can, since we haven't gotten a straight answer from anybody about why that was, uh, <laughs> maybe you, I guess you can infer your own reasoning, but uh, he came in and also played extremely well. Um, but this week, the you know the Chiefs are preparing for Shane Bouchelle to play a lot in this preseason game on Saturday. So he's getting a lot more work this week than he has during training camp. That's to be expected. Um, we'll be curious to see how they go about it because last year, remember, Chad Henney started the game and then Shane Bouchelle came and played the bulk of the contest. Um, you know, is that going to be the same this year or is Bouchelle going to start and then Gabbert will get a little bit of work, vice versa? I mean, we don't know. We'll find out. Maybe we'll see from Andy on Wednesday, you know, what his kind of take on it about who's going to play, how much and when. Um, don't expect a lot of the other starters. I mean, Mahomes likely won't play. Would not would not be surprised to see him just sit out completely. Um, but we'll see. I mean, it's, you know, he's done things a little bit differently from time to time. And this year, obviously, with the quarterback situation, they're looking at anything. And And honestly, I mean, this could very well just be an either or kind of depth chart decision because mm. eventually – both of these guys could be on the 53. I think they will. I don't think this is any indication that the Chiefs are walking away from Blaine Gabbard. If for no other reason than financially, there's no incentive to do that since most of his contract is guaranteed. Um, but, you know, they do need to find out if, if they want to keep Shane Bouchelle, and they're giving him a long, hard look right now. Well, it's interesting. I, it does feel like things are just a little bit different this year all the way around. I kind of – I'm okay with that a little bit. I wouldn't mind seeing Mahomes and the starters out there for, say – Three snaps, hand it off to Pacheco, get everybody off the field, just get a little bit of, of that feeling of starting the ballgame and get out. But for me, if you go back to that last week with expecting Blaine not to play, does that, in your opinion, does that come into competitive spirit of the quarterbacks of, hey, if my backup's going to play like that, I got to get my butt in there? Or is this just, hey, if everybody's going to take advantage of the Arizona Cardinals, why not me? <laughs> yeah, that's why, I mean, hey, it's hard to read in something into it because there's a, could be a couple of motivations from that. Could it have been very well, like what you're saying, is that you know Blaine Gabbert wanted to get in there because he saw how well the back was playing, is like, maybe I need to get a couple of drives to show what I can do too. Or was it simply that Bouchelle was so good in those two drives that Chiefs felt like he didn't need any work and said, hey, Blaine, you want to get some work? Because it can go both ways. And, and since, like I said, we haven't really gotten a good answer about how that all came about on Saturday uh, against the Cardinals, you know, we're, it's kind of left open to interpretation. But, you know, what we can, you know, I mean, see is, is what we have, which is that I think that the Chiefs are preparing to have both these guys play this year uh, and, and be on the roster barring anything, you know, a, 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 something significant happening. But the only thing that could change is, you know, if Mahomes goes down, who do you go to? Um, now I think it's a legitimate question about who the number two quarterback is. I think I have to agree with you. We'll, we'll cover that uh, later when we talk about what we actually think is going to happen in the finale versus what we think we're going to talk about next, and that is what we'd like to see in the finale. So we're going to get to those right after this. Bird dogs make you look good, bottom line. Their stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and give the leg enough to give you that truly sculpted look. Bird dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. They fit better than regular shorts because they're not made of that stiff, restrictive cotton that has its own kind of shape that's trying to adapt. They're fixed. Uh, they issue with venting because they have this cloud knit fabric that makes every khaki feel like it, it stretches and gives you that fit, but gives you that ventilation too. 
They're used in uh, an anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL and use the promo code locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler when you get your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL for a free tumbler with your code locked on NFL for what you want to get. And that is take away the, the bird dogs promise that we're looking for. You're going to dig them. We promise you. I promise I have some wants. Uh, what I want to see against this Browns team, and folks, I'll be on on radio in Cleveland if you happen to catch that, and over on a guest show on RGR as well. Uh, Matt, we've seen kind of a, a complex change through these first two preseason games. Andy Reid and his, his presser this week kind of kind of let it slip that Andy at least partially agrees with us that seven wide receivers is certainly on the table. Doesn't know if it's six or if it's seven right now. It feels like Andy's like, I'm not doing seven unless somebody absolutely makes me. But we've seen um, maybe the question marks. I think you and I agree about uh, Kadarius, Sky, MVS, Justin Watson being for sure on this roster. Not much of a question there. We saw uh, Richie James featured in the first ballgame. We saw Rasheed Rice get fed quite a bit in the second ballgame. I want to see Justin Ross get that treatment in this last one to see if it's bona fide, to see if the ramp up in targets and contact can be something that we can then forecast for the regular season. Would you like to see that, or do you think that's a waste of time? Is it all set in stone already? You know, it's a, it's a really good question because, you know, the one downside to featuring Justin Ross is that if there is any doubt in your mind, if you're the Chiefs, about trying to sneak him onto the practice squad, Featuring him in preseason game number three could absolutely backfire on you. And I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, if you just based on what our eyes are telling us about this roster, I mean, it, it it's increasingly hard not to have seven wide receivers on it. And maybe the asterisk being, you know, if there is an issue with Kadarius Tony and he is going to start the season on, on the injured reserve, then there is, of course, the, the squirrely thing. He had to be on the 53 first, then go to injured reserve. So then I guess technically a day later, you're down to six receivers. Um, but it's, it's just absolutely difficult to rationalize not carrying seven right now because, as you mentioned, I mean, Tony needs to make the 53 period. You know, Sky Moore, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and Rasheed Rice are going to be there. There's four. Justin Watson is absolutely going to be on this team. Uh, he's just too, too integral. He's the, the only player right now that's playing all three positions. Mm. And, and then Richie James, which Andy Reid has tacitly acknowledged even, is the kick returner and the punt returner. So it would seem that he's got a job on this team too, um, which then leaves you with just Justin Ross. And I, I mean, I can't make a case for leaving Justin Ross off the 53 because um, even though a lot of teams were scared of him a year ago, I don't know if they still are. I mean, there would certainly be some teams, I think, willing to take a chance on him, um, including your former offensive coordinator in Washington, who might be willing to take a chance on him. <laughs> so, and people who know him. So, yeah, I don't see how that would happen. I mean, I, I think that, barring something strange, I mean, I think the Chiefs are going to keep seven receivers. That's going to impact some other position groups, absolutely. Um, but right now, I mean, I, I, I think even with, you know, Andy talking about it, I mean, it was, it was definitely an acknowledgement that seven receivers is definitely in the conversation. Yeah, I, I think there are absolutely four teams that, that are, are honed in, zeroed in on what happens 
to the Chiefs cutdowns, and that is the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Washington Commanders football team, whatever they are now. Um, then what you have in Chicago and Indianapolis, all guys that know the process that goes into this team and what they're getting from those. You saw Derek Gore run around for the Commanders already, so don't be surprised if they come knocking thanks to Eric Bieniemy's uh, influence there. The other thing that I want to see this week that I, I'm preparing myself mentally that that's not going to happen. Uh, no update on Chris Jones here. I'd love to see him sign, at least be in the building, be on the sidelines, joke it up with the players, get back in the groove. I don't anticipate that. Do we think that it's getting more likely or less likely at this point? Well, I, I, I've changed my tune. I mean, to this point, I, I have generally expected Chris Jones to show up every single day, and then I've been surprised when he hasn't. Um, I'm now to the point where I'm the other way. I'm expecting Chris Jones not to be there every day, and I will be surprised when he does finally show up. Um, it, this has gone on much too long. I mean, to the point where I, I, I do wonder if things have changed as far as part of the equation. I mean, if these two sides are just simply too far apart and if there needs to be some type of other resolution and, and Chris's you know behavior and comments that he's making on social media are not making it any easier. And, you know, it, I, I hate to overreact to those kind of things because you don't always, you know, I mean, guys, guys respond on social media emotionally and sometimes it's not even them. So they say, um, you have to take everything with a grain of salt, um, but it's 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 a sticky situation. I don't think there's any doubt about it. I mean, and it's definitely a frustrating situation because the Chiefs. I mean, let's let's face it; they expected Chris Jones to show up in July. We are now almost into September. He's not here, and you know, Steve Spagnuolo talked about it today as far as that it's difficult for Chris to be ready if he's not here already. So you're already talking about a Chris Jones in week one that's not going to play as much as they want, even if he does show up, and probably as much as they need. And and is Chris Jones going to play for the Chiefs this season? I can no longer say that with 100% certainty. It, it, it sucks that it's that kind of, of downhill slope now. We, we've reached the peak, and now we're on the backside of certainty here. Um, for those that are, remember, my drop-dead date for him to actually play in the week one was four days ago now as we record this. And so every day that goes by becomes less likely. I don't know what the situation is, but in the meantime, what I want to see is continued effort out of Keandre Coburn. I want to see him get more reps. Turk Wharton was a guy that as of the depth chart, and we're going to talk about that coming up as well. Uh, he was like fourth on the depth chart when it came out this week, again, unofficial um, because he had been out. And I think it's completely due to injury. Now he's back in the fold. How did he look when he got back out there at practice? Yeah, you know, Turk, whenever he has been available, they have been plugging him in as a starter next to Derek Naughty um, since, since you know, when, when, once he got off the pup list. So anytime that Turk has been in there, he's been a starter. I mean, that's how they consider him and what he is, which, you know, it's, it's a little bit problematic. And it's a little bit of an indictment about where they are from a defensive tackle standpoint that, that Turk, a guy who's coming off an ACL with literally hardly any ramp up time, is immediately plugged into the starting lineup. I mean, we'll see if they're ready to do that in week one. I mean, it's entirely possible maybe they decide to back off. Remember, he did miss some time because he did have another inflammation in the knee, so they, they did back off of him a bit. So I don't think there's any certain guarantee that you're going to have him. And then after that, the Chiefs have really not figured out what the rotation is at defensive tackle. Um, Daniel Wise has bounced around from one to two to three and is – Really, at this point, you know, we've been seeing a lot more Chris Williams this week uh, with the ones at defensive tackle. 
Danny Shelton is in the mix, but you know, Danny Shelton seems to be the kind of guy that right now, at least they look at as a rotational piece rather than as a starter. So even if he makes the 53, I, I don't know that they're planning on plugging him into the starting lineup. Um, the only thing that I can say for certain about the defensive tackle position is that, you know, for certain, Derek Nottie is one of their starters, and that's how they view it. And if Chris Jones shows up, he'd be starting next to Derek Nottie. Um, if Chris does show up right now, he won't play as much as you would normally expect to see him. Um, Turk Wharton, I think, will start, but once again, might be on a snap count and could even be delayed to start the regular season. If if it's not Chris Jones or Derek Naughty, I don't know, or Chris Jones or, or Turk Wharton, I don't know who the other starter is. Right now, it could be Chris Williams. It could be Daniel Wise. Both those guys might not make the team. I mean, that's how, you know, this, that's how fluid the situation is. And, you know, and Steve Spagnuolo pointed just again on Tuesday that, you know, sometimes it takes him, a, you know, a four weeks into the season. That's generous because I think, a couple, you know, his first year took him eight weeks into the season to figure out, you know, what he had and his rotations. But, you know, I don't think he will absolutely tell you right now at, on the defensive line, especially defensive tackle, they do not know what their rotation is going to be going into the season. That that gives me some fits. Folks, we are live on YouTube right now. Make sure you like, sub, and hit the bell. And if you're listening on audio, that means you got to it after a little bit. We are not far behind, but if you'd like to join us, please join us on the YouTube. you got to have that bell on to know when we decide to go live. Coming up next, what are we actually going to see? And what am I going to be disappointed with by the end of this last ball game? Now that there's only three in the preseason, still have to get used to that. That's coming up next. These days, every new potential hire feels like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain when you're bringing somebody onto your payroll, and that's got to have the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. You can get in there, write up your description, add your job, and the purple hashtag will come up framing your particular profile, letting everybody know that you're looking for the help that you need. Simple tools like screening questions, as well as any kind of feedback, give you and make it easy for you to focus on the candidates that you want with just the right skills and are going to be the fit with the experience that you're looking to prioritize and who you'd like to interview and then hire. It's small businesses that are rating LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus all their leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster and for free. You can post that job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. So while my conditions apply, uh, the conditions of this field are going to be interesting and the conditions of, of the starting lineup is going to be different. I'm particularly looking at the defense. I want to see a little bit more swing up because I'm just not convinced that they got enough of a look last week. So what I do expect is that maybe a dial back in some of the blitz packages, a little bit more base, see what guys can do one-on-one -on -one and not give away anything that maybe they're working on in a blitz package in practice. Is that your expectation as well? Or do you think it's, it's all, all to the wall and let's see what happens? Yeah, I mean, a little bit of it is that, you know, one of the reasons why Steve Spagnuolo has been using blitzes a little bit more in preseason is that he's got a lot of new guys that he's testing out in some of those roles. I mean, we, especially when you think about it, you know, you've, we've seen a lot of Chamari Connor and Drew Tranquil, both new guys that they really kind of wanted to see how they can, they work and how they do it. And I'll tell you what, Connor has really been impressive, you know, as camp has gone on. Um, he's been a guy that's really also climbed up the depth chart too, to the point where, 
I think you can say that Jamari Connor is the third, third safety on this team. And that says something because, you know, Mike Edwards is on this team too, and he's a good player and was generally expected to be the number three guy. I think Connor might be that player now um, because they feel like he can do a, a lot of different things and he can move around. Um, the other things we might see this 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 Saturday, um, the defensive line is going to be interesting because once again we're talking about how they really don't know the rotation yet, and then you've got the added problem of you know Charles and Minnehe was going to miss the first six games of the season. Typically, they like to get players in that situation a lot of work now, so that you know they they're not deprived of snaps when he comes back in four weeks and can start working out again. Um, but then again, you're trying to figure out your best group, and there's other guys who need the snaps and need the work. Felix and Adike Uzama needs the work. Keandre Coburn needs some work inside. Uh, and they've got to figure out the last few spots. I mean, it's it's still, a, I think, a contest between Malik Herring and Joshua Kando about who's going to round out that defensive line situation. And considering with some injuries and guys banged up, I mean, George Karloftis was ill today. Um, you know, maybe he won't play on Saturday. There's a lot of questions still to answer, um, and and there's other things too. I mean, they haven't really settled the third cornerback debate as well. So there's a lot of guys that for, and, and especially guys at the end. You know, we've talked about those roster battles that are up for, for grabs, whether it's quarterback three, running back four, wide receiver seven, tight end four, offensive line, defensive line ten. Uh, I think the linebacker set, but you know, a, a sixth corner or a fifth safety. All those positions are up for grabs still. There, there's still a contest there, and that's the ones that are going to be, I think, worth most watching on Saturday to see who performs well. It's interesting that you bring up linebackers because I, I was of the opinion that no one's really stood out to me. Maybe they have in the, in the coaching staff's eyes, but I feel like one guy's going to make this roster and two guys aren't based on this game. Who do you have? If you feel it's set, who is that fifth linebacker? Oh, I don't think there's any of that doubt. It's Jack Cochran. Um, you know, Drew Trink will be the fourth guy, and Cochran's a special teams guy. Um, is, is he the, you know, where is he at as far as development-wise? I mean, is he at where the level of maybe a Demetrius Harris was? I don't know. He might still be a little bit behind that, but, you know, Cochran is also prepared, you know, as the as the backup mic behind Tranquil, so um, they prepared him for that role as well. I mean, I think you're going to, for the most part, see four linebackers playing most of the time. And, and Cochran's going to be a four-phase four special teams guy. Uh, can he play if they get some injuries? Yeah, I think they trust him in that role. But um, they're going to, you know, for the most part, play base. Tranquil will come as a sub, a sub in some areas. And there's going to be times even when you see, you know, Tranquil out there in base. Uh, you know, it's, it's going to vary from, from week to week and matchup to matchup. The other side of the ball is interesting to me too. I, I was I was watching last night's ball game, uh, and and one of my draft sleepers uh, was standing out against some backups. Uh, clearly, not something that's going to come and start, but the depth of the, of the tight end group, as we've talked about, could go three, could go four. Do we even have enough now with Jody in his situation with the injury? Do you think that that the line? I'm sorry, not the linebackers, the tight ends that are going to be on this roster come week three. You think they're all here yet? I would imagine that they are. Um, you know, it's always possible that they could be on the lookout for somebody else, but I, I think that they are. They certainly are comfortable with their top three. 
um, with Blake Bell in that category. Um, but Matt Bushman, I mean, it, it has been kind of a roller coaster for him as far as his role in this team. Um, it, it hasn't always felt like the Chiefs have as much confidence as I think that uh, others have. I mean, Bushman has been a fan favorite in camp. I mean, I can tell you from the from the media watching this, um, I think even from fans being out there, he's been impressive. And he's been probably one of the guys that's been like, hmm, why, why do the Chiefs just don't seem to have as much confidence in Matt Bushman as the rest of us do? I think they're starting to show that a little bit. I mean, he's starting to get a few more looks with the ones. That's mm-hmm. the, a telling test. And so this week, I mean, when I, I have my, I'll have my 53 projection out Thursday night, and I, I'm pretty confident right now I'm going to have Matt Bushman on it. I think he's going to be the fourth tight end. The real question will be, you know, if the Chiefs need to do some roster gymnastics to get some guys on injured reserve, don't be surprised if Blake Bell is one of those odd cuts because he's got a very friendly veteran contract. He and Danny Shelton both have veteran-friendly contracts that the Chiefs can cut with no penalty whatsoever and then re-sign the next day if they need to put somebody like Nick Jones on injury reserve mm-hmm. or Kadarius Tony. So you know, always, whenever you see veterans get cut by the Chiefs, always always ask, is this for real? <laughs> right, right. Because <laughs> it's not always. Do they have a gentleman's agreement? And it's funny that you bring up Nick Jones because that's one thing that I'm confident we're not going to see, right? Hasn't been practicing – you don't have any expectation that he's on the field come this uh, contest versus the Browns, do you? No, he's still seeing the specialist on that broken hand. And, you know, at this point, the Chiefs certainly seem like they, they want to make sure that he's 100% healthy before they get him on the field. Um, to my knowledge, he has not had the surgery, has any surgery yet, and that is still absolutely possible. And so even though at the cornerback spot, we've seen guys who have had surgery and then played even a week or two later, I don't get the sense with Jones that they want to rush him back. I think that they're willing to shut him down, let him rest and recuperate and get back to a hundred percent before they get him back out there. Okay. I, I think that's probably the safest part, especially when you, when you know you need the contributions from these young guys that seem to keep getting hurt. Uh, that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, folks, we're going to wrap up. Usually we take your questions uh, one or two here at the, the end of the show. It looks like we covered most of them. Uh, except for, I just, I'm just gonna ask you straight out. Cause Kevin asked a, a good question with all this social media hubbub. Uh, if Chris Jones is serious about it, he's willing to sit out till week eight. You believe that? Yes or no? I mean, I believe anything at this point. I mean, yeah. you know, it, it, it's at this point, nothing will surprise me. And I know from the chief standpoint, I don't think anything's going to surprise them either because like, like, I think I said earlier, they expected Chris to be here in, in July. And the fact that here we are in August 22nd, 23rd, and there's still no Chris Jones, I don't think anything should surprise us at this point. And, and uh, you know, week eight is the, basically the week where if you are a player and you get back, you can still get in your, you know, a couple of weeks of roster exemption, and then you get your six accrued games, so you get your accrued season. I mean, Chris Jones did not pull week eight out of a hat. It was right. it's, it's a very specific number. About the only thing that I think is going to remedy this situation any faster if, is is if there's a change of representation, and I don't see that on the horizon either. So, folks, if, if anything like that comes around, that might signal some movement, but we will let you know, of course, and we'll go straight to the source and get the information from Matt. So, Matt, thanks for everything you've told us today, folks. ChiefsDigest.com is where you can see everything Matt writes and puts out for you, so you don't have to go through me to get to the man. Thanks, Matt. We appreciate your time today. Absolutely. Appreciate everybody in the comment section too. And appreciate, you know, Zach, a longtime listener, grabbed me, or excuse me, Ryan, longtime listener, grabbed me in training camp last week. Said he'd been listening since 2017 when he was stationed wow. in San Diego. So 
appreciate that and always appreciate it when 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 the lockdown fans let me let me know that they listen thank you i appreciate it i love hearing that too and that's awesome that's a great story thank you sir you guys get ready because i know you're going to be here you every day we're going to keep it up we'll have the rest of the week preview as we get ready for that browns game we'll be live post game of course just like our final tune-up too as we get ready for the regular season thank you for your time we appreciate you spending this with us and we will be back with you tomorrow